Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. In the distance, I see a shining light. In the sky, I met the maker and we survived this lovely life. What will begin to make it end when we survive this lovely life? Welcome to the IDP Show. I'm your host, Josh Raymer, joined in the Soul Shack tonight on my left, Bobby Reynolds. Bobo, how are you, man? Hello, Joshua. Welcome. Taking us back to our XFFL days. Little duo pod action tonight. Let's just hope we record this one. Oh my gosh, yes. For those who don't know, Bobby and I used to do a podcast for our main league. You've heard us talk about it a bunch on this show, the XFFL. I think the podcast feed is still live. You can it is. you can go track it down and listen to the old episodes. It was sort of the genesis of the Big Three IDP podcast. We famously did an episode in my kitchen mm-hmm. that did not record. I think we did it three times. I remember it at least twice. It might have been three. It was pretty devastating. It was crushing. Yeah. Because it was a long... We don't do short episodes. Oh, even back then, it was still an easy hour. Yeah. I was going to say minimum 45 minutes, maybe pushing an hour, hour and 15. Those are some good pods, though, man. Good It was pods. fun. That was... We were working out the kinks. Yep. We, it was it was me, and then you came along, and then Adam jumped in. We did, like, I think six or seven episodes of mm-hmm. that show, mm-hmm. and that's when we were like, should we yeah. maybe do an, an actual podcast? Yeah, so Thank God we decided that. Yeah, here we are, what? <laughs> Three and a half years later. Uh, gosh, time's getting away. 2019, man. Wow. It's been a long time. Wow. Been playing IDP for a while now, too. Yeah, 2016 when we started that yeah. journey. So Approaching 10 years here. Well, so. I was looking at our, our back of the VIP is our home league. Mm-hmm. The thing is 16 years old. Well, see, I tried looking at that the other day, too, and because we switched providers here this year, I couldn't look back at ESPN to see. So, so I, I changed the league name every year to to oh. honor the iteration, and this year was, let me make sure I got it right, but I think it was back of the VIP 16. Um, yeah, back of the VIP wow. 16. So 2006, I guess, would have been when we started that league approaching the approaching half of our life sheesh that's um that's pretty crazy it is man Time, so, time's flying yeah so we're back with you all what a week bobo it has been we had the covid year a couple mm-hmm. years ago and that thing was crazy obviously uh but what happened on monday night with the bills Bengals game the demar hamlin situation really kicked off just one of the um strangest most traumatic, um, most anxiety-inducing, just kind of the, one of the weirdest weeks in my life that I can remember, especially in relation to my football fandom. Yeah, I didn't, I still haven't to, to this time seen anything on the field that happened. Did um, you not, were you not watching the game? Putting the kids in the bathtub and then I, all, the, all the messages started streaming in at that point, but I still haven't seen, I get the gist of kind of what went on. I, I don't do too well with uh, those type of situations, so I'm probably not going to go back and watch it, but 
it's, um, it's just so routine, man. It's a, uh, it's really sobering. It's a really, um, a really raw emotion that that it that it kind of brings up in you about um, about sports and about players and about athletes and about what they do, you know, on and off the field and the court and you know baseball fields and 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 NASCAR arenas and um, athletes definitely put a lot more out there than um, than t- people really know. And um, not only Demar, but then you get the the raw emotions that come from T Higgins and absolutely from other other. Um, other teammates on the Bills, and then the coaches, how are they going to handle the situation? You know, thank God there was a really well-trained, um, I don't even know what you'd call him, a paramedic, some type of first responder there. Well, it was the assistant athletic trainer for the Bills who performed CPR on Hamlin and saved Hamlin's life. You know, and I asked him, I talked to a buddy this week, what do you think's going through his head as he's um, performing CPR on DeMar? You know, like... You know, like when you're in the moment sometimes, do you ever think like, oh gosh, this is real, you know? I, I'm, my hope is that in that moment, and his name was Denny Kellington. Yeah, I've seen a lot of love for him on Twitter lately. Denny deserves all the love. I hope in that moment his training took over mm-hmm. and it was like tunnel vision. Yeah. Just, you know, the, I think there's actually a song that you do for CPR, Staying mm-hmm. Alive. Yeah, That's yeah, the rhythm yeah. that you do the CPR to. Yeah. So I pray he was just in that moment, just solely focused on nothing but the CPR. All his training was coming back to him. Because mm-hmm. I had read that as well, that it can be very traumatic for people who perform life-saving CPR on people. So we hope Denny is doing well. Yeah. We hope T. Higgins is doing well. Oh. Uh, I saw a tweet from T. Higgins that said, now that I know DeMar is doing okay, I feel better, so that's great. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, amazing, amazing updates coming out today about mm-hmm. Demar Hamlin. He is awake. He is responsive. He is squeezing uh, those around the bedside. He's squeezing their hands. He is uh, communicating via writing. He asked who won the game, and that's huge. The cognitive huge, ability and, and asking about that like so quickly in is um, that's really, really encouraging because that's what it. it you know, there's still a lot that can happen, and, and he's got a long it's road ahead. a long ahead. road to recovery, absolutely. But I do feel like this would have been an even harder weekend to play if there hadn't been any encouraging, um, you know, signs out of DeMar this Agreed. week. Um, and it's still going to be difficult. You're going to see a lot of number threes around. You're yep. going to see a lot of uh, a lot of people showing support, just like you have for his toy drive, you know. Now we've got a six, $7 million toy seven drive. $7.5 million. Go fund me. And, uh, I love it. You know, that's awesome. But it, it shows you a lot. At least for me, I mean, I, I'm getting a little bit older in in, the, in years, and we just got done talking about playing fantasy football for you know 16, you know, pushing 20 years now, and it just goes to show you that in the grand scheme of things, as commissioners and as league mates around um, ESPN, Yahoo, RSO, Sleeper, around lots of leagues, found out this weekend, fantasy football. It's not really that big of a deal. We love podding. We love talking IDPs. But, man, there are much greater implications to this life that we live than than talking about fantasy football and worrying about it. You want to figure out a fair solution because – in in tragic situations like this, the temptation is, well, nothing else matters besides – that's not true. Mm -hmm. Um, Things become – it helps us reassess and reprioritize what matters – uh, greatly, like what matters a lot more than some other things, but mm-hmm. the you know I don't like the the kind of perception that well nothing else matters. Fantasy yeah. football, um, it's still worth your attention. It's still worth figuring out mm-hmm. 
the right way, the most fair way, the best way to handle things. Mm -hmm. Um, But it, it should not be something that as we've struggled and grappled with the emotions of watching a man almost die on a football field, Mm -hmm. this should not be something that in a week that has been very encouraging and showing people coming together and unifying behind DeMar Hamlin, Mm -hmm. figuring out fantasy football championships and payouts should not be something that divides us during a week when we have seen such beautiful unity from people. Absolutely, man. And, and, you know, the whole thing about fantasy football doesn't matter. It does matter because it brought a lot of great people into my life, you know. And honestly, somebody that came in my mind this week that I thought about was actually Sigmund Bloom. And a lot of the beautiful things that he's actually said on our podcast here over the last year about just like the good in humanity and about how you know, how fun it is to do pods with people. And it's great to talk about, um, you know, it's great to talk about fantasy football in this game that we all love, but it's also great to enjoy time with friends and enjoy time with family and enjoy, you know, enjoy this game that we really, really love. But, you know, thankfully DeMar is uh, showing some really encouraging signs. Remarkable improvement. Most of the, uh, most of the fantasy football leagues that I'm in have found some sort of, um, way to to kind of figure out how to move on with some type of a championship or future championship or whether it's being conceded or whatever the situation has been. I haven't heard of a whole lot of uh, situations out there where people are, uh, you know, uh, giving the commissioner a rough time or giving other league mates a rough Leaving time. Leaving the leagues, yeah, pitching a just, fit. It's, no, it's not the week for it, No folks. need for that, man. No yeah. need for that. So we're incredibly encouraged. Obviously continue to pray for DeMar Hamlin his friends, his family, his teammates, the doctors. How many um, how many teams you think are uh, you know checking on their their uh, equipment and their staff this week and just all of them. You know, I guarantee you they did some dry runs across the NFL this week. I saw a great. I think it was from maybe the head of the NFL Players Association, perhaps that said the only game plan that mattered on Monday night was the emergency mm-hmm. plan. And it was executed to perfection. It was, man. It was. was. So cool. Within seconds, man, the guy knew what he was doing. You know, Denny did a great job. Um, You know, I'm not medical. I don't know what's happening. But honestly, if you're going to be anywhere and if you're going to be in a situation like that, you got medical attention immediately. Yep. Um, You know, and that's a, that's a, I don't know what caused this. And and I'm not sure that we'll ever know. I mean, hopefully science will be able to kind of give us a little foresight on why uh, Hamlin's body performed in this way. Um, but man, the fact that you had somebody performing CPR on you that quickly is, uh, that's kind of a blessing in disguise, you know, um, it could have been somewhere nobody's around and you're kind of by yourself. And there's a lot of stories like that. You have 30, 30 medical professionals at every NFL game, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. plus an ambulance, plus a great trauma hospital right down the road. Yeah. So, and a 24 year old athlete in the prime of his athletic life in yep. peak physical condition like a story that could have had a whole lot of negativity come yes. out of it there is a lot of uh, little a lot of positives and a lot of uh, a lot of beautiful things that have come from it so you know wish the best for Demar hopefully he continues a, a steady recovery as well yes absolutely best wishes for Demar and we will continue to monitor that situation and and pray for continued recovery and for all the Bills and Bengals players who have yeah. to get back to work this weekend. I can't imagine having to do that, but it sounds like games are going to proceed as usual. I think getting that update from DeMar's family was a big boost for all those guys. So uh, sounds like we're still trying to figure out, Bobo, what the seating is going to look like in the AFC. Mm-hmm. NFL's announced that Bills-Bengals will not be resumed, which I think is the right call. Mm-hmm. Seemed like they had a, 
two choices, screw up the schedule yeah. by resuming this game and then resuming this game, which is also its own can of worms, yeah. Yeah. or don't resume the game and figure out the seating. Mm-hmm. It seemed like I agree with the NFL in this situation. Don't resume the game. Figure out an amicable solution for the seating, and let's move forward. Yeah, because you can only really push things back so far, you know, and there's not really a good window. I thought there for a minute, I was like, you know, there is that Pro Bowl week that we could kind of we could kind of eat. And since there's not really a Pro Bowl game, um, you could push things back. Okay, if you lose a little bit of viewers from your skills competition because there's actually a game on that weekend, it is what it is, but... Every way that I've kind of looked at it, and smarter heads on Twitter have you know provided way better options than I have, but I haven't been com- able to come up with any type of slide the rest of this game in I here. I think that's and it what they works. saw, too. Yeah. I think they saw no matter which way we slice this, it's going to suck mm-hmm. for moving these games around, so let's just figure out the seating. And just like we talked about, it was Bills Bengals, not... Broncos Raiders exactly it had huge playoff implications the end of fantasy football seasons huge number one implications number one seat on the line the Chiefs are watching because they want to know who's going to win the the biggest game of the year oh it really it really really biggest game of the year so a lot of stuff still to sort through sounds like we'll get some kind of resolution tomorrow on how that is going to pan out but speaking of the playoffs make sure you're subscribed over at the idpshow.com we have our annual Playoff IDP rankings coming out next week. Addy is going to start working on those here soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Addy is at the Western Kentucky basketball game tonight. Yeah. Uh, I think they were getting beat 26-9 last we checked. So Bubbled. not great, Bob. Yep. Uh, so we will have that those going out probably, I would say, early in the week. Monday or Tuesday we'll send those out. Uh, so make sure you're subscribed over at the idpshow.com. Wow, so the NFL just announced Bills Bengals contest will not resume. That's right. So it's pretty much official now. I'm just yep. now seeing that. Yep, that is officially uh, not going to happen. And um, we will have those playoff rankings. We'll have some information in there as well. If you would like to set up a playoff fantasy football league, we have a Google Drive spreadsheet template that we use for drafting. We'll send out a link to that that you can use and copy for your own template. And uh, Fantrax, we've mentioned this on a couple other podcasts. Yeah. Fantrax is the only site platform that we found that does playoff fantasy with IDPs. Mm-hmm. It's so fun. It's so it's it's honestly my favorite form of fantasy football. Because it's kind of like fantasy football and it's kind of like best ball. Yes. It's a little bit of a mix. Mix and a survivor pool. And it's kind of like betting to some extent. You got to pick the you got to pick the winners. Exactly. I won it for the first time last year cuz I picked the Rams. Okay. Uh and they carried me through yep. all the way to the Super Bowl. If you pick one of the Super Bowl teams, you're probably going to win. Because you're getting 3 games out of them. Yeah. You get Super Bowl, conference championship, and then you could possibly get four if it's a wild card That's team. That's true. Wild card, divisional round, yeah. championship game, Super Bowl. How often does a wild card win the Super Bowl, though? I don't know. It's somewhat rare. I think the Bucks were the Bucks a wild card or were they a division winner? I don't know. But division winners play on wild card weekend too. That's true. Especially um, now with only one bye for the right. for the number one seed. That's right. Um yeah. Shout out Patriots. Y'all will not be winning anybody any playoff IDP contest God, this year. I hope they don't make it in. I'm rooting for the Dolphins to make it in. Oh, can the Patriots still get in. Patriots, Dolphins, Steelers are all in play for that seven seed. Wow. Steelers are somehow still in it. What about, uh, I was talking to a buddy today too, what about how good the AFC quarterbacks are versus the NFC quarterbacks? Yeah. Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, NFC, we've got Brock Purdy, we've got Geno Smith, 
We, Dak Prescott, he's pretty good. Jared Goff, potentially. Jared Goff. It's a weird... Uh, it's a weird... Uh, yeah. Weird situation. I, it, we, we, you know, we typically take... Uh, this is a six-team playoff or a playoff fantasy league we do on fan tracks, mm-hmm. and so two of the QBs won't get picked. Yeah, and I'm kind of wondering though. Oh, he's like, well, Brock Purdy. Yeah, but the Niners might make the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know, so it's like you got to pick the the quarterback on the worst team, and is that like a Kirk Cousins? Like, gosh, you know, like who gets left off of the teams that are going to be in the playoffs? Yeah, the, the, I, maybe Kirk Cousins and like the Mac Jones if the Pats make it. I honestly would have to do some prep before a uh, playoff IDP. Draft if you don't prep, right you will get your you will get dusted. I I would struggle right now. I would I'm gonna really have to look at uh, at who's playing and who I project. Well, Bobo, I don't. Even, you can watch. You can look at Adam's rankings. He's oh, gonna have those coming out next wow, week. The IDPShow.com. Who's your Super Bowl? Who you think? Uh, I had it before the season. Ravens, Eagles. So you still believe I'm not budging off of that. I, I don't you. think it'll be the Ravens unless yeah. Lamar comes back healthy, and I don't think he'll be that healthy. He's so. been out for a while. He's been out for a month. Hasn't played or practiced in one month. Or practiced. Or That's practiced. A big deal. That's a big deal. Yeah, the Ravens don't seem very healthy right now either. But who knows? Yeah, playoffs are weird. Yeah. I think the Eagles are still looking good if they can get Hurts back and healthy. Um, mm-hmm. But the Niners look good. Bengals, yeah. Bills, Chiefs. I mean, just flip a coin there. I it's it's going to be hard because it's like which team comes out of the NFC and which team comes out of the AFC. Obviously, that's how a Super Bowl is made. But um, I don't know, man. It's tough. The AFC is so strong, and the NFC just has such weirdness because it honestly could be Brock Purdy. Um, I think it's Niners, Cowboys, Eagles, Bills, Chiefs, Bengals. Those would be the six teams that yeah, I would say. I could see that. If I had to put money down, like you create a pool of six teams, yeah, and you win money if the two champ or the two title game participants come out of that pool, mm-hmm. that would be the six that I would put together. Man, yeah. Packers could get in. Lions could get in. Seahawks could get in. It all really depends NFC wise on uh, Jalen Hurts' health. Yep. What does he look like? Because if not. I don't trust Gardner Minshew. No. You know, he's I think he'll be back. He's an okay backup, but he's not a he's not a playoff guy. You rest hurts this week, right? Yeah, you definitely rest hurts. Man, and if the Cowboys don't make a good run this year, what are we doing? Because I think we're weak. going to get Sean Payton as well. Oh what you're yeah, doing. yeah. With with oh yeah, absolutely. Get McCarthy out of there. With such a weak NFC though, um, I can see a weird world where Brock Birdie's just like, you know what? Let's do this thing. Well, they said that Debo Jim, might be coming back. Jimmy G could be back for like the conference championship. Elijah Mitchell, I think, was activated, activated. off of IR. Yep. Man, the stars are aligning for the 49ers. Could be. That's yep. a really good team. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, check it out. Theidpshow.com. We'll have that going out. Um, you know, scoring, setup, rankings for IDP. Sigmund Bloom does offensive rankings for uh, playoff fantasy league. So make sure you're subscribed over at footballguys.com. For those offensive rankings. Baba, we got a fun episode tonight. It's a new year, 2023. So as we look back on the season that was tonight, we are going to do one of our favorite episodes. 2022 IDP MVPs. And just like last year when we debuted this episode, we've got some clips lined up from some of our friends from around the IDP landscape to give us their selections for MVP and then we will give ours at the end. Mm. It's going to be a fun episode. It's one of my favorite episodes. One of my favorites. I know old Marcy did it with you last year because who knows where me and Adam were. But 
Um, it's it's literally one of my favorite ones. It's all my favorite people in here talking about all my favorite players that I have on lots of rosters. It's a good freaking time. It's just good to look back. Yeah. It's good to remember the IDPs who balled out for us this year and probably won a lot of people a lot of titles. Oh, absolutely, man. Going to talk about a lot of ADP. Going to talk a lot about a you know, bunch of production from uh, from these guys on the field. It's a... Uh, it's great, man, and a lot of these things are, are things to learn from. You know, it's a lot of lessons that you're going to learn. Yeah, it's a lot of things that you can take into the off season as far as trades are concerned, or where some of these guys' ADP might fall next year. We'll talk a little bit about Adams' ranks. Good freaking time, man. Good time. Well, let's kick things off with the player who had the most votes. So, if you want to declare, I guess, an overall winner sure. from this episode, it would be the Las Vegas Raiders. Edge rusher, Max Triple X, Crosby Bobbo. We have clips here from Joey the Tooth, Kyle Bellyfuel, John Macri talking about why Max Crosby was their IDP MVP for 2022. So we're going to hear from Joey, then Kyle, then John, and then we'll reconvene to talk through their arguments. But without further ado, take it away, Joey. Hello, this is Joey the Tooth, IDP of footballguys.com. I'm here to uh, join the IDP show and talk about my IDP MVP of the season. Uh, first off, I want to thank all the guys from the IDP show. First off, for allowing me to be part of the preview pods and everything with with Trip and Kyle and then one week with Bobby. Uh, it was a blast doing it with you guys. I really appreciate the opportunity. But uh, let's get to my MVP of the season. Uh, I went with Max Crosby of the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, For starters, I mean, he's number one overall in big three scoring. Uh, He shattered his career high in tackles from last year, 55, all the way up to 81 this year. And he also set a career high in sacks from his previous career high was 10, this year 11 and a half. Uh, He is... Second amongst all defensive linemen and tackles to only Christian Wilkins, who has 86. So he's only has five more. Uh, he's 10th in the league in sacks, 10th in D, D linemen in sacks. Uh, he's tied for third and fourth fumbles. The guy plays volume galore. I mean, he he actually played the most defensive snaps of any defensive lineman with 961. So the, the reason he's my MVP, though, it's not only because of his scoring, but it's where you were able to draft him. So even though he led the league in pressures last year with 108, there's people that were just spreading this PFF grades and pressures do not translate into IDP production. And this obviously just proves that that's incorrect. Crosby was just shy numerous times in 2021 of making the big play. And this year he, they just translated to the actual scoring. He just had that. He was just made that extra step. Uh, Crosby, he's drafted later than most other of the top end defensive lines. I mean, I don't think he was top five drafted in any draft I've seen this year, which it probably allowed you to grab a, higher level player in those extra rounds. I mean, for reference, uh, the only startup I did that was offense and IDP this year, um, Nick Bosa was the the DL1. He was drafted in round eight. Max Crosby was the DL6 drafted in the 13th. So think about the players you could have drafted in those five rounds in between Bosa and Crosby to bolster that roster and still get Crosby in the 13th. Because of that, he is my MVP. Thank you, guys. 
What's up, Adam, Josh, and Bobby? It's Kyle B. calling in with my IDP MVP for the 2022 season. After many hours of deliberation, I settled on my guy, Max Crosby, as my IDP MVP. Mad Max has been fantastic this season, and let's just take a quick look at the beautiful stats he's produced as we head into Week 17. On the year, Max has a crazy 96% snap share, which is just wild for a defensive end. He has 82 tackles, 53 solo, a league-leading 19 tackles for loss heading into Week 17, a career-high 11.5 sacks, and 33 quarterback hits. He's also top five in pressures with 71. He's truly been an X-factor who has earned a few more X's in his name if you ask me. His tackle production, splash plays, and just being available every week with that crazy snap share has been awesome this season. If you had him on your roster, he's been an X-factor every single week. Lastly, I want to just say it's been awesome to watch what you fellas have built and continue to build with the pod and now the IDP show website. Keep crushing it, boys, and I know you will. Let's make 2023 the best year yet for this beautiful game that we love to play. That's all I got. Talk to you boys soon. What's up, everybody? John Macker here. Uh, First, I'd like to thank all of the nominated IDP MVPs for the 2022 season. There were plenty of qualified candidates, of course, uh, people who could be considered worthy to take home this prestigious award. But in my opinion, which my therapist tells me is the only one that matters, I'm going with the man, the myth, the monster, a man of many nicknames, all of which he lives up to. I'm talking, of course, about Mad Max, Super Max, always going to be a lock for double-digit sacks, putting offensive linemen on their ass, giving his opponents heart attacks. The one and only Max, move over Sydney because there's another superstar, Crosby. If you listened to me at all this offseason, which I totally understand if you didn't, but if you did, you know that Max Crosby was one of the top five candidates for Dynasty Leagues, but he was also somebody that I had laid out multiple times that he should be taken highly in all draft formats, and I think I owe him some kind of favor of his choice because he truly helped me not look like even more of a jabroni uh, by living up to the hype and finishing as the edge one in all IDP Leagues. Here's how he did it. Hold on to your toques, boys and girls, because here are the numbers. 11 and a half sacks, 84 tackles, the most for his position. He even had two games with double-digit tackles, which is as many or more than some even every down linebackers. 20 tackles for loss. That's the most in the league. 34 QB hits, second most in the league. Four passes defensed, three fumbles. In my opinion, there likely hasn't been a more reliable edge rusher week in and week out this season than Max Crosby. I I could even argue that there wasn't a better value at his position in drafts, considering uh, from as many leagues that I drafted in this offseason, he never went inside the top five at his position. Uh, And in all those leagues, once again, finished as the number one player at his position. Even after leading the league in pressures last season and being a clear positive regression candidate when it came to sacks, fantasy managers were clearly still a bit hesitant, or at least hesitant hesitant enough in drafts not to take him in the top five uh, of his position. We knew leading the league in pressures again was going to be a tall task, but he was still dominant, and that's why we knew the sacks would average out. Where he finished this year in pressures with 76 is fourth in the league. Uh, an 82.3 pass rush rate, which is 12th among edge defenders. And the things, the, the thing that will always allow for production, 96% of defensive snaps, that was his average this season, 
unreal, unheard of for an edge defender. So maximum size shout out to Mr. Crosby for finishing as the overall edge one and doing so by being a dominant force on the field and not just one of those pigeon linebackers cleaning up the scraps and racking up tackles from their pylon position. Max is the ideal archetype that we want from all our IDP edge rushers. And that's why my 22 IDP MVP is Derwin James. All right. So there you go, Bobo, Joey, Kyle, and John laid out the case rather beautifully for Max Crosby as the IDP MVP. This was the guy I think I tried to make a choice that was a little bit, just another player to talk about, Mm -hmm. but Max Crosby, I think, if you polled 100 people, probably would be the leader in the clubhouse for MVP. Just a phenomenal season from Max Triple X Crosby. 11 and a half sacks, three forced fumbles, one fumble recovery, 83 tackles. <laughs> and uh, I believe 90, what was it, 96% of defensive snaps? He's a defensive end as well. Defensive end. <laughs> lest we forget, not a linebacker. Uh, he was everything that you possibly could have wanted coming into this season. Absolutely. You know, that that most impressive thing maybe for me outside of Max Crosby's snaps, I mean, his snaps were otherworldly. I mean, he had to have led, I would say, all defensive ends in snaps in 2022. But almost what is most impressive for me, his, his sacks are good. You know, he, he's got a lot of sacks on the season. He has 76 pressures on the season. Um, he's going to finish the season with a – 90.0 overall defensive grade. Incredible. An 81.2 run defense grade and a 82.3 pass rush grade. He also has a 79.7 coverage grade. Yeah. So the boy's fine. But his tackles this year, man, they brought the floor up so high for him. You know, a lot of these defensive ends, Josh Allen, to me particularly, um, I'm trying to think of uh, Trayvon Walker as well. I'm ju- I'm not just mentioning Jaguars, but you know a lot of these guys are just boom bust. If they don't have two tackles and a sack, then they really just do it, didn't do a whole lot for you. But some of these games where maybe Max didn't have a sack, um, he had a Christian Wilkins type season of some some healthy tackles to uh, not put you a goose egg out there. Two games, at least ten tackles. Oh boy, that's crazy. That's insane. That is absolutely crazy. Do you think that is a that's a tribute to his athleticism, or is that a tribute to the amount of snaps that he played? I think a little bit of both. I mean, yeah. I think you see maybe tackles in, in this at this volume for a defensive end are a product of high PFF grades that uh-huh. show you are winning your matchups, you are affecting the play, mm-hmm. plus you are on the field for 96% of snaps. Mm-hmm. I think maybe that's the formula of you're in the right spot where you're supposed to be and you're on the field 96% of the time, you're going to rack up tackles. Absolutely. And the linebackers were were garbage this year in Vegas with Divine Diablo going on the shelf, Jayon Brown. I mean, they they were down to Luke Masterson at the end of the season. Even Max Crosby didn't – I mean, he didn't have any help this year. Chandler Jones did nothing. In the interior, he didn't have anything. You know, what could have been maybe some help in Yannick Ngakwe or – um, Carl Nassib actually played pretty decent some this year. Max Crosby was pretty much there by himself. Clellan Farrell clearly has not worked out. Um, it would be interesting to know from old Marcy how many uh, double teams Max Crosby actually saw this year. The double but, team rate, yeah. Yeah, in XFFL, our main league, Max Crosby was the DN1. He scored 291 points. 
Um, you know, and let's even let's even peek into Adam's ranks just a little bit. So, not to peek too much behind the curtain, there are two people ahead of old Max Crosby, but Max Crosby is the edge three. It's Bosa. Bosa. Micah Parsons. Oh, Micah Parsons. Yeah, I keep forgetting he moved him over to edge. Do you you agree with that as far as moving ahead? Dynasty ranks for Max Crosby. Uh, the uh, Max Crosby is 25.4 years old right now. Um, his draft capital is pretty insane. In yeah, he was, NFL, he was a, the 404. 404. Well, he was the DL9. Wow. And those, those best balls that we pulled ADP from. Yeah. Uh, he was the number one scorer by big three scoring. 320.1 points. Nick Bosa was second with 317. Yeah. Parsons was third with 279. Wow. So those two were the only two guys above 300 points. I think you could make a strong case that Max is number one I was overall. Gonna, that's where I was going. IDP. That's where I was going. If you, if you wanted to trade Micah Parsons, I bet you somebody would give you Max Crosby plus for Micah Parsons. And I'm yeah. not so sure I don't hate that trade. They they very well might. You know, Micah Parsons is great. He's 23.6, but I think mentally in my head, if I you see... you could get Max Plus for Micah... Oh, yeah. I think you do that trade. I think you send away Micah for Max Plus. And at 25 years old, I mean, Max is just getting started, honestly. Um, so Parsons, yeah, 23 years old. Yeah, 23.6 years old. Max Crosby, 25. Point four. So that's probably why Adam has a little bit higher. Yeah, about two years younger. I'm still fine if you if you um, if you wanted to take Max over Micah, I don't hate it. Even straight up, honestly, I really with the amount of snaps that he plays, with the amount of tackles that he gets, and with you know just his general athleticism and the sacks that come with it, I really really love Max Crosby. And shout out to Macri, um, Max has been a favorite of Macri's for a long long time now, and. Um, you know, even a couple years ago when Max wasn't quite the household name yet, um, man, I just, I really like Max. Macri has just really pointed me to seeing why Max Crosby is so awesome. In 2021, Micah Parsons had 84 tackles. In 2022, Max Crosby had 83. Wow. He had, Micah Parsons in 2022 yeah. had 63 tackles. Wow. So Crosby had 20 more tackles than Micah Parsons this year. Dude, and that's 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 that, a guy who's still getting some linebacker snaps. Absolutely. Isn't that man. crazy? Absolutely. And a good coverage grade. I mean, mm-hmm. good gosh, you've almost got an 80 grade in coverage. Um, the guy's an animal, and it's fun to watch the Raiders games and just be like, it's almost like let's just count the amount of snaps that Crosby isn't on the field because that's going to be a whole lot easier. Oh, God, yeah. You know, and shout out to Joey and Kyle. I mean, those are some of the best IDP minds in the game. It's pretty clear they understand the value that is Max Crosby. I mean, he's he's the most valuable player for the Raiders. He's the best player on the Raiders. Absolutely. Offense and defense. Yeah, I mean, and you got Devontae Adams and Josh, Jacob, Josh Jacobs on that team as well. Who you, are- you, you agree? Yeah, oh yeah. I think Max is the best player on that team. I mean, Devonta Adams is a little bit older. You but... could definitely make a case for Adams, but I yeah. mean, I'm going to make the case for the defensive guy. Yeah. And we should point out too, this is a great example of why you pay attention to PFF. Yeah. Because Macri was pounding the table all off season, all, all off season saying the regression, positive regression, the progression is coming back to a healthier place for Max Crosby on the stats because of what the pressures being there, and we saw that bounce back in a big way. Uh, he had 10 in 2019, and then 7, and then 8, and then an 11 and a half sack season. Gosh. So it bounced back, and we knew that it would. 
But, God, look at the tackles, though, Bobo. 46, 39, 55, and then 83. It's crazy. But he stayed healthy, 96% of snaps. Thank you very much to Max Crosby for your service. You were amazing this year for IDP and the MVP pick for Joey, Kyle, and John. Let's move to the second player here, Bobo, Mm -hmm. and it is a defensive tackle. We got all the positions covered tonight. We should point that out. Mm -hmm. Edge rusher, D-tackle, cornerback, safety, linebacker. We are going to talk about them all. And next up is our D-tackle pick. Bless you. Thank you, Quinnen Williams. Aaron's pick for IDP MVP. Take it away, Aaron. Good night, IDP show listeners. I'm Aaron, and I'm the Doc Rep guy. Don't worry, Josh. I'm not coming in with any witty jokes this time about how I'm the reason the show works so well. We flogged that dude horse last time. I'm just here this time with some cold hard facts about how. Bless you. Bless you. That's right. Big Quinn and Williams is my IDP MVP. Now, Aaron Donald has always generally sat alone atop the uh, the D-tackle mountain. And at times, he's had to fend off the occasional DeForest Buckner, Cam Haywood, or Chris Jones, but he's generally remained consensus DT1. Since 2018 and 2019, we've had a massive influx of talent at the position. Dexter Lawrence, Christian Wilkins, Jeffrey Simmons, both guys in Washington there, Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne, and of course, my guy, Cookie. If you're wondering why I'm calling him Cookie, that was his nickname in middle school he got from his friends because he loved cookies. And as a big guy myself, I can't fault him for that. In a year where we're all questioning, is it the beginning of the end for Donald? The Rams have sucked ass, he's pondered retirement. The DT position has still probably had its best season in a long time, and Quinnen has been the pick of the bunch. Now, at the time of this recording, Championship Week hasn't begun yet, so I'm not sure what he does against the Seahawks, but if you've had him on your roster up until this season, you've generally never really had to worry about him. Perfect. He's the third highest graded interior lineman with an overall grade of 90.5 and a fifth highest pass rush grade of 84.2 amongst those guys. Now this is translated into 46 total pressures and 13 sacks. Now those 13 sacks lead that position and have him tied for sixth in the league amongst all defenders. How does that translate into fantasy points? Well, it meant that he only had three single-digit games all year. Now week one, two, and 12. That's right, he had 11 double-digit games. And the peak of that was a 38.75 versus the Packers in week six. From week three until now, he's averaged 18.9 points per game. And that stayed at 18.26 points per game since New York have come out of their bye in week 10. He's only missed one game this season with injury, and he still managed to end up at the DT1. We've all been waiting for the breakout of Quinn ever since he was drafted number three overall by the Jets in 2019. And I'm here to tell you, now is the time. Cheers. Thanks for listening. All right, so there you go, Bobo. Aaron making the case very passionately for cookies, which I did not know was Quinnen Williams' nickname <laughs> from when he was a young man because he loved cookies. But Quinnen was amazing this season. 51 tackles, 12 sacks, two forced fumbles, one fumble recovery, 25 years old. The breakout that we had been waiting for with Quinnen Williams finally happened. He is king on D-Tackle Mountain and Dynasty right now. And um, I could not love this pick more from Aaron Quinnen Williams, his IDP MVP. Yeah, it's awful interesting that old Aaron got taken down in the listener league by your boy who had Quinnen Williams. <laughs> I think this is just a little heartbreak, Aaron. What do they call that when you uh, a masochist, when you love the pain? That's it. You can call me whatever you want, but I know I got you, Aaron. 
Is that all you got on this? That's Bobby. Got you with Quinnen. Don't actually drop your mic. That would damage the microphone, Bobo. No, nah, Quinnen's been so good. Let's look at the PFF grade. So he has an overall PFF grade of 90 point freaking five. Wow. Run defense of 79.3. He has an 86.7 pass rush grade. Um, Oh, my goodness. Quentin Williams is by far and away the new D-tackle one. I would have probably said in 2021 that it's Aaron Donald, but to keep your eye on Quentin Williams. Um, but Quentin Williams pretty clearly has uh, has dethroned AD. Um, we'll talk about it here soon. At some point, maybe we'll, we'll put out we a will YouTube do that exclusive. D-tackle video. If Adam ever decides <laughs> to join us, quit playing golf like a hillbilly. Um, he was off this week and had beautiful weather, so yeah. he's been on the golf course. I think he said he's played five rounds of golf this week. Sounds 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 a little low for me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> sounds a little low. Five <laughs> rounds in the past two days. How many? Maybe. That's how many he told his wife. Yeah, about. exactly. But uh, no, Quinnen's been so good. I I don't know what else to say about him really. Fifty tackles, um, thirteen sacks. Oh my goodness, man, he is a uh, he's been an animal. He actually had fifty pressures on the year as well. Um, so he was the 13th overall scorer by Big Three scoring for okay. all IDP positions. Wow. Scored more than Devin White, Brian Burns, uh, Patrick Queen. Hmm. Quinnen was everything you wanted. 250.3 points on the season. Uh, that coming off of his rookie season, 73, 175, 149. This is why we started to doubt. Like, all right. Is the breakout actually going to happen here? This was supposed to be Quinnen's big breakout year in 2021, and my man scored less than he scored in 2020, but this was the big boom year. Bobo, 250 points for Quinnen Williams. 25.1 years old. Uh, pretty clearly Adams, defensive tackle one right now. You agree? Absolutely. I mean, anybody even – I mean, Jeffrey Simmons. Jeffrey Simmons, and I would make a very strong case for Jonathan Allen as well. Wow, yeah. wow. When we, when we do – when we eventually do yeah. the defensive tackle video for yeah. YouTube, we've, we've hyped this up way too much. No, it's coming. It's going to blow your freaking mind. It's going to be the best video on D-tackle, Dynasty Ranks you've ever seen. I don't know what else to say about Quentin Williams, man. He's been really, really fun. It's kind of cool to see him there with Sala because Sala has had a couple decent defensive tackles play for him as well. Um DeForest Buckner, who is now a Colt, started off with uh, with Robert Sala out there in San Francisco. Um, the Jets team is fun. I wish they had a quarterback right now. Um, they could be maybe a little bit more competitive. Jimmy G but, landing spot next year, potentially. Oh, gosh. So, Quinnen was uh, the overall DL7 with 250.3 points. Next closest D-tackle, 245.24, Deron Payne. Wow. And then Chris Jones, 234.5. Man, there's been some really good defensive tackles here. For the yes. last couple of years, you know, uh, first first couple of years of IDP, it was really a struggle. I mean, that, for me, it was the early Jarrell Casey years. You know, Grady Jarrett was good there for a while. Aaron Donald's been good for a long time. But it was really pretty much like there's one or two guys, and then after that, you just almost stream them. But I feel like we are pretty rich right now with some defensive tackle production. I love myself some uh, some Deron Payne. I love some Christian Wilkins. Uh, I even like uh, Christian Barmore. There's still some young guys that are going to have some opportunities. Devonta Wyatt, Kyle Belly Fuels, Hard Eyes up there in Green Bay. I hope he gets a little bit more opportunity next year. But um, yeah, Aaron's right. Quentin Williams was amazing. He probably won a lot of people leagues um, across a lot of defensive tackle um, specific leagues this year. Because when you have a guy like that, that's just a, a pretty premium outlier in a position where a lot of guys are just trying to get just five to ten it. points. Yeah. You know, and Quinnen's throwing out fifteen to twenty five points a game. It's hard for hard for your your league mates to catch up to that. Absolutely. Well, let's move to our cornerback selection here. 
and no surprise, but yeah. Jake Colhagen is going to speak on why Legereus Sneed was his 2022 IDP MVP. Take it away, Jake. This is Jake Colhagen coming to you, talking to you about my 2022 fantasy football IDP MVP. I got Legereus Sneed, cornerback for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, really what he did for us this year, I want to break it down. He rule number one, stayed healthy. He's played 97% of all snaps. So he, he obviously meets that baseline for us, which is great. But what he did with those snaps is really the real kicker. Um, excellent utilization, especially for a cornerback played plenty in the slot, uh, the fifth most slot snaps here. And this is all through his first 14 games or 15 weeks. Uh, but it's really also the the 114 box snaps he's had, which is the fifth most in the NFL for all cornerbacks, as well as 77 defensive line snaps too. Second only to Isaiah Simmons. He's kind of a cornerback, I guess, but only 170 on the outside. And, as long, and along with that, he also leads all cornerbacks in pass rush attempts at 59. And what has he done with that kind of excellent utilization? Well, first of all, he's delivered a solid floor, averaging per game 5.4 solo tackles and almost a full assist tackle every single game. That kind of floor is phenomenal. You love to see that, especially in a cornerback or DB slot for you. Then taking his big play upside, four sacks leading all quarterbacks, two interceptions, and six pass breakups to boot. So what does that look like, though? It looks phenomenal in his scoring because what he's done is he's had three games only where he has scored under 11 points per the big three scoring, which also means then that he's got 11 games above that with five coming at 20-plus. So he's been able to not only give you consistency, but the big weeks to boot to help you win those matchups. Now, the real kicker and why he's an MVP, because sure, we have some of these amazing seasons sometimes from the cornerback position, but he did this with almost no foreseen value. You look at some of the average draft position that he came through in some of the best ball IDP drafts that went out there, and so this is accounting for opportunities where you can have those boom-bust plays. He still was, at best, a DB39 um, across some of the drafts and dropped as low as DB61 for an average of defensive back 50 in terms of his ADP when when you put him into a pool of all talent. So at that value alone, you probably grabbed him at the tail end of your drafts or picked him up after his boom week one, and you were able to ride him all season long and hopefully continue to do so to your FFIDP title. All right, so Legereus Sneed. I figured he'd pop up on this list, Bobo, but he was king of not just CB Mountain, but DB Mountain. Wow. Say that again, Josh. Not just king of CB Mountain, but DB Mountain, scoring more than all safeties. Legereus Sneed, 244 points on the season, was number one amongst all DBs. And um, this was one of our favorites going back now a couple years, Bobo. Mm -hmm. I know that – I think I can't remember if it was me or Adam that originally brought up Snead as a guy who was scoring well for the Chiefs, and now here we are, 2022, the leading DB scorer. Adam's not here. It was you, Josh. It was me. I did it. I get all the glory. 105 tackles, 3.5 sacks, three forced fumbles, one fumble recovery, and three picks. Wow. Legereus Snead is just a playmaker, Bobo. Take a bow, Legereus. Take a bow. 77.0 overall uh, defensive grade. 
67.9 run defense grade. He had an 84.0 pass rush grade and then a coverage grade of 75. Um, Legereus Sneed, let's play devil's advocate for a second. Any chance he get mo- gets moved in these cornerback leagues to a safety, you think? Well, I haven't checked the alignment data to see, but I think he's primarily playing box. Or I'm sorry, slot. Yeah, slot cornerback. So no, I don't think so. Man, and that's so that's so crazy to me that not only did he lead cornerbacks, but he also led safeties. People like Derwin James, Jeremy Chin, um, Buddha Baker. A lot of these cornerback or uh, safeties that we definitely drafted over Legarius Sneed in not only our best ball drafts, but also in just, you know, regular fancy football IDP drafts. Man, Legereus Sneed, based off of his ADP, helped your team so much this year. Yeah, Jake said it there in the clip, ADP from those best ball drafts, DB50. Let's freaking go. So if you talk about MVP as an exercise in ADP, where you drafted this guy versus where he finished, you've got a very strong case for Legereus Sneed. Yeah. Being, especially at a position that is so volatile. It's like college. They're like, Josh, you're never going to make it through, buddy. You just need to check out. And you'll be like, you know what? I'm going to be freaking valedictorian. That's right. You watch this. You watch me. (laughs) That was Legereus Sneed in 2022 at DB50. But top five DBs, Bobo. You ready for this? By big three scoring, which does count return yardage. Okay. And you'll see why I said that here in just a second. I know what's coming. Jalen Petre. We're going to talk about him in just a moment. Number two. Marcus Jones, number three, Talanoa Hufanga, number four, mm. number five, Jalen Ramsey, number six, Desmond King. Wow. So what is that? Four, no, three of your top six, half of the top six are CBs. Legereus Need, Marcus Jones, no, four of the top six. So only Hufanga and Petre wow. were safeties inside the top six. That's going to be a conversation we're going to talk about this offseason, I feel like going to have to be had where are we drafting cornerbacks versus Seriously, where are we man. drafting safeties we've seen it now if you get the cornerback scoring right that position goes from streamable replaceable to it might not be a bad idea i mean if and Jalen ramsey was and sneed both if you listen to this show mm-hmm. those were not guys that were just like oh who could have seen that coming yeah if you spent high picks on those guys, you were very much rewarded this season. And I, you know, not tooting my own horn, but I definitely had Snead and Ramsey in a bunch of places. And just for that reason alone, because, I mean, if you've listened to our podcast, Adams beat the drum enough. Look, we're going defensive line early. Then we're going to sprinkle in some some linebackers. And then at the end, the very end, we'll come back and we'll figure out defensive backs. And, um, you know, it's almost like even pushing it back even further to where it's like, you know what? Let people take Buda Baker because we're going to come back around at the end and we're going to tell you, hey, go get Desmond King who returns punts. Hey, go get Jalen Petre. Go get this guy, uh, Legereus Sneed, who he's got the potential to be the cornerback one. Not only that, but the DB one. DB one. So impressive, man. Here's the, here's another question for you. Is Legereus Sneed a good sale of Dynasty? literally I just getting you were ready going. to say. I could read them beautiful eyes. I was getting ready to say, Legereus Sneed is an amazing yeah. sell. Yeah. Maybe the number one sell in Dynasty right now mm-hmm. because this is very likely not going to repeat. 20- I mean, here's the thing, guys. He's at number one. Yeah. So the only way to go is down. Yeah. So it's like, are we going to see Legereus Sneed number one DB season 2023? Probably not. Yeah. So it's like cash out now. Sell them to somebody who thinks, oh, yeah, we got a locked and loaded top three cornerback DB for the next five. Sell to that person. Yeah. I would love to know the last time that the CB1 or the DB1 or whatever 
even finished up the next year in like the top three. I know back to back number one years. I don't know that I've ever seen it before. Maybe it's happened at some point, but you're right, Josh. He's 26 years old. I don't know what I want for Legarius Sneed. You know, it'd have to be something pretty decent um, because the guy is a playmaker. But you're right. He is probably a pretty good sale. Adam, yeah, he's, he's 25. Okay. I was reading that wrong. Yeah, 25 years old. I don't know what I would want for Legarius Sneed. I mean, my mind goes to second-round pick, but... That's what Adam has here. Is that what he has in the trade chart? Yeah, but then it's like, I don't know. I, or you do it that is a, trade. It is a cornerback. You do that trade if you're one playmaker away. Like yeah. if you, that's a that's a move I'm making right before the deadline. Mm-hmm. I've got a locked and loaded team. I've got a real good shot at the playoffs. Let's go the other way though. Would you not feel kind of comfortable giving a second for Legarius Need? It kind of feels like you're buying him a little cheap. I mean, I don't know. Maybe this is just me because I know he's a cornerback. I get it. Probably but. like to give maybe a third and like a future third or something like that. A second is kind of rich because you could get some nice linebackers, wide receivers, yeah. running backs, like more yeah. valuable positions in the second round. I guess so. I guess so. I'm not saying I would feel bad if I spent a second, but I would try to avoid Spending a second for Snead. I get it, and he's a cornerback. We don't want to buy cornerbacks, but, man, the guy is fun. He's a playmaker. and that's You should trade him, though. You're right. That's right. That's why he was Jake's MVP. Let's talk about the number two DB on the season by big three scoring. It is Jalen Petre of the Houston Texans. Johnny the Greek's pick for IDP MVP. Johnny, the floor is yours, my friend. Happy New Year's, fellas. My IDP MVP pick for this season is safety Jalen Petrie of the Texans, who, going into Week 18, has 139 combined tackles with one more week to play still. He also adds to that one sack, five picks, five tackles for loss, eight pass defense, one forced fumble, one fumble recovery, and one QB hit. That's for the season. In playoffs, the last four weeks. 47 combined tackles, four pass defenses, two interceptions, monster weeks consistently for a month plus. His price before this year, fifth or a sixth round pick in many rookie drafts. And he went undrafted in tons of the redrafts that I was in this year. I just went back and looked. So my IDP MVP for this season is Jalen Petrie because he didn't cost you much and he delivered what it mattered and he did it all season long. Thanks, fellas. All right, so Johnny did not go mm. with his specialty, Bobo. He did not go cornerback for his MVP pick. He kind of surprised me. I was talking in our MCU chat with him and Mike, letting him know, hey, you guys, if you'd like to contribute, we'd love to have some picks. And when he threw out Jalen Petrie, I was like, okay, I hadn't thought about that. But here's the thing Johnny said. I think Petre won him a lot of leagues yeah. here near the end of the season. And you look at the log – And it's easy to understand why, Mm -hmm. since week 13 against Cleveland, Petre went 29.4, 21.5, 13.75, 20.85, and 25.25. You know, and just like the guy we just talked about, LeJarius Sneed, um, Jalen Petre can be talked about in the same breath as, as, uh, as Sneed because, I mean, Petre was awesome this year. Put up just as many points, probably regardless of whatever your scoring system is. He was four points off of Snead. The guy so he had, was right there. He had a ton of tackles. He had five interceptions on the year, one sack, one fumble recovery. Um, Jalen Petre, especially, I understand what Johnny's saying, because really MVP, most valuable player to your IDP team. And 
I agree with what you're saying, Josh, that Petrae probably won Johnny quite a bit of money down the stretch because, man, those tackles the last five weeks, he won you your quarterfinals, he won you your semifinals, he got you some some healthy stats in your championship week. Uh, and that's what we're looking for, you man. The ones that bite you in championship week and in semifinal week, those are probably the first ones that are on the ship out next year, yes, you know? absolutely. I wanted to see here, I got the ADP pulled up. So Petrae across those best balls that we tracked, went DB51, DB57, DB52, DB68, DB73. Oh, my god! And gosh. then DB88. Oh, wow. So somewhere between, I think I said the highest was like uh, 50-something. Let's say 70. So somewhere in the 50 to 80 range. Sure. That's Golly. crazy. Finished as the... DB2 on the season. Again, let's reiterate, this is why you don't draft defensive backs high. Truly. Are you trading Petre? Boy, I don't know. Yeah. Because this is a rookie that is on a rebuilding team. This team is looking for playmakers. It is looking for blue chip guys to build around. He's 23 years old. I think I'm holding on to Petre. Now, of course, everyone has a price, especially safety. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to make someone pay up for Petre. How are you feeling now with Petre amongst the other safeties from last year? So, I'm trying to think of where am I putting him in the dynasty safety landscape? Because I think you could make a strong case that he deserves to be top two, top three. Yeah. Because it, you have Derwin. Mm -hmm. uh, I think Hufanga deserves to be up there. I think uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson deserves to be up there. Mm -hmm. um, I think Jeremy Chin should be in the mix. I think Petre should be in the mix. Brisker should be in there as well. Mm -hmm. uh, Buda Baker probably on the fringes. Jamal Adams will probably be. He's he's probably still like I don't know top twelve, top fifteen. We haven't mentioned the um, the first safety taken off of most IDP boards in the rookie draft in twenty twenty two. Kyle Hamilton. That's Kyle right. Hamilton should be in there as well. Yeah. So do you like uh, Hamilton or Petre? I think for me, it's definitely not Hamilton. The discussion for me at least in terms of last year, is Brisker or Petre? It's Petre. I don't know. I love me some Brisker. I, I If I could get Brisker plus for Petre, I think I'd be okay with that. Um, Very similar situation. Yeah, it really is. Um, he played well as well. 167.8 points, 94 tackles, four sacks, forced fumble, fumble recovery, INT. Brisker's a playmaker as well. Yeah, he pops on the field like, Make too. no mistakes. If you wanted to go get Brisker plus mm – -hmm. For Petre, yeah. no problem with that. Yeah, I agree. But no, Petre's fun. Petre could be, he could be one of the guys that you hear us defensive back talking about this offseason. This is maybe the guy you kind of hold on to. If, when we do a top eight dynasty safety video, yeah. Petre's getting mentioned in there. Because a lot of those DBs, like, you know, they're just DBs. They're replaceable. You know, if somebody comes knocking and it seems like it's a, it's a value that behooves you to move them and get rid of them. But good, good use of behoove. Yeah, I know. I'm a good behoover. But uh, anyways, I lost a train of thought after that one, Josh. I figured out the word I was looking for earlier. Okay. It's Schadenfreude. Yeah. You know what Schadenfreude is? 100%. It's I German, think, right? I'm going to look it up just to be It is German, yes. Yeah, I knew it was. But it's taking pleasure, I think, in your own pain or someone else's pain. Yeah, sure. So that was like Aaron picking Quinn and Williams. Uh -huh. That was Schadenfreude. Yeah, I knew it was. I, I like was, introducing you to new words. Seemed like something Dwight Schrute would have said on The Office. That's That would be that would be a good choice. Yeah. So there you go. Johnny the Greek's pick. Jalen Petre, safety number one on the season. Jalen Petre or Derwin James? Oh, boy. 
That is a very good question. Probably, man. Macri's not listening. Macri's definitely listening. We'll turn off his Canadian. He wants to hear what we had to say about his Max pick. Because we should, I mean, we didn't bring it up in the discussion, but Macri tried to pull the old swerve there at the end and say, so my IDP MVP pick is Derwin James. He just couldn't not pick Derwin. Yeah. So he's kind of cheating and hedging and saying, we're tired of him. But, uh, oh, man, Uh, probably Derwin. Mm. But it's close. It's Mm. very close. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I'd say. We will have the safety video coming soon, so keep your eyes peeled for that. 2024. Exactly. Sometime in the very distant future. (laughs) So our next pick here, we've got everyone's favorite position. To wrap up the show, we're going to be talking some linebackers here. We should mention Addy's pick. He didn't get to do a clip, but he picked Josie Jewell as his IDP MVP. And to get us started here with the clips, we are going to tee up a Carolina Panthers linebacker, but not the one that everyone thought coming into the season. Dynasty Trip and Jeff Pomazal, a.k.a. Boo Bam, are both going with Frankie Louvu. Gentlemen, talk us through your picks. Gentlemen, my IDP MVP nominee for the 2022 football season is Frankie Luvu, the linebacker for the Carolina Panthers. In just 14 games this season, he has 105 tackles, including 17 for loss and seven quarterback sacks. That 17 tackle for loss number puts him within three of the overall lead and leads linebackers in that particular number. He's been a top 12 linebacker on the season after being available virtually for free at the beginning of the season. He had just six tackles in week one, but played 85% of the snaps, making him an ideal target off the waiver wire. And those folks who took a chance on him in drafts were handsomely rewarded, especially in those formats that rely on true positions. In some platforms, he has a DE designation, and in such platforms, he could be the top overall scorer at the position, depending on scoring settings. Uh, This kind of advantage is hard to come by in IDP leagues and often makes the difference between wins and and losses, and he possibly propelled folks to a title victory with a uh, 13-tackle, one-sack performance in Week 17. Uh, it's been a great year on the IDP show. I appreciate y'all, including me, and hope everyone had a happy new year, and we look forward to talking to you here in 2023. Thanks, fellas. My IDP MVP for 2022, um, it all again, all comes down to value for me. Last year, it was Denzel Perryman, who basically was free to start the season, um, came on and put up top five numbers all year long. So again, for me, it's about value, and uh, this linebacker scored 229 points in Big 3 IDP scoring, um, despite not playing two and a half games, and he finished seventh overall. And this is while playing about 100 to 200 less snaps than the other linebackers around him. He only played about 806 snaps on defense, which is remarkable. Um, he was second in points per snap as a linebacker, just behind Josie Jewell, who scored three-tenths of a point every snap. And this linebacker scored 29 hundredths of a point every snap. So just just missing out there. Um, this linebacker also had four 20-plus games, including a 32-point effort in Week 4 against Arizona. Remarkably, he's still only rostered in 2% of sleeper leagues. So 
kind of baffling to me that uh, this linebacker who I'm nominating for the IDP MVP for 2022 is still available. It's none other than Frankie Louvu. So that's my vote. All right, so Bobo, we've got a couple linebackers here in a row that were essentially no-name guys before the season. Maybe you saw them pop up and like a few, hey, keep an eye on this deep, 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 deep sleeper. But Frankie Louvu was not someone on anyone's radar until he absolutely popped off week one of the 2022 NFL season. Uh, sorry, it was week um, week two. He went for 28.5 points. I think the the week one was the snap count. Came mm-hmm. out with the dot. I remember Mike Woller talking about this. 68 snaps in week one. What are we? Yeah, we think it's going to be Shaq Thompson. Who is this Frankie Louvu Lovu guy with mm-hmm. the green dot? And then he goes for 28.5 in week two, 33.55 in week four on the season, 255.15 points, 60, I'm sorry, 105 tackles, seven sacks, seven sacks for Frankie, who got a lot of edge snaps, Mm -hmm. one forced fumble, one INT. You paid nothing for Frankie, Mm -mm. and yet he gave you outrageous production, Bobo. 72.7 overall defensive grade, 85.5 run defense grade, 71.9 pass rush grade. Um, Oh, my goodness. Frankie Louvu for free was a league winner for you this year. Do you know where he was drafted in the best balls that we did? I don't know. Outside of LB50 had to be. He was not. Really? Not drafted. Oh, my God. I've got the spreadsheet right here. I'm typing in Luvu and wow. Frankie. No matches found. Wow. Not drafted at all, Bobo. Yeah, I mean, he was a waiver wire darling in our – in our. Uh, gosh, that was so country, and I apologize waiver for that. Waiver wire darling. <laughs> I apologize for nothing. But uh, no. L- Okay, so we should keep in mind, too, our deepest drafts went 111 linebackers. Oh, Frankie my gosh. Frankie Luvu was not drafted. Wow. 111 linebackers. You could fall in love with that real quick. There you go. That's easy money. You're playing with house money. Love you, Frankie, darling. Is he too boom bust for you, though, for the future? Let's look at the log. The log is a little up and down. 26 years old. He is pretty boom bust, isn't he? He's put you up some threes and some eights and some nines. But, man, look at that end of the season, though, man. Oh, look at championship week. Ten tackles. He had three assists, and he had a freaking sack for you. That's why it's like, yeah, Beat me. he, uh, no, man. well, I say he was boom bust, but then I look down through here. He gave you f- two games under five points, mm-hmm. a 3.5 and a 2.75 early in the season. He gave you a 9.75 and a nine, but mm-hmm. otherwise it was okay. Oh my God. 28 and a half, 33.55, 20.05, 20.6. There was an 11 and a half in there, but then he went 24.4. 19 and a quarter, 8.75, 31.45. Recency bias is a real thing, and I think Frankie Louvu might have done some real good for Trip and Boo Bam's rosters uh, because those are the types of guys that you want to say, Frankie, I love you, darling. You want to know where I messed up, Josh? Where'd you mess up, Bobo? <laughs> a couple weeks back, I made a trade with old Zachy boy, and I sent off Miles Sanders and Frankie Louvu, and I don't even remember now what I got back in return, but after I sent Louvu, I thought, you know, that might have been a mistake. I might have done messed up there. I kind of saw Louvu as a good midseason sale. I kind of thought that the production wouldn't stay high because Shaq Thompson was kind of hurt some throughout the year, and I thought, well, when Shaq Thompson comes back, Louvu's snaps are going to decrease some, 
and he's going to take a hit. His IDP production is going to slide, and he's not going to be the peak sale that he is week 10-ish, somewhere in that time frame. Yeah. And I was wrong. LB4, missing two games. Wow. Missed two games, LB4 on the season. And wasn't drafted in a 110 linebacker IDP best ball draft. That's right. Was not drafted. That's right. Unbelievable. Excellent pick. I think you these these two guys, I think Legerius need great argument to be made, ADP versus production or, you know, the actual yeah. output for the season where he finished. But Frankie Louvu, oh my gosh, he's got a strong case to be made as well. What do we do with this guy? I think you just hold on to him, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, what are you going to get for him? It's the, it's the question Adam always asks. Like, do you think people are going to see him as like the Denzel Perryman type? That's like IDP managers are going to be like, yeah, but, but Luvu's not yeah. going to stay are, are that Are we way. trusting this guy? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a fair question to ask. You got a new coaching staff coming in in Carolina. But as, as good as his overall, his run defense and his pass rush was as far as PFF grades go, he did have a 54 tackle grade and a 53 grade in coverage. Um, now, I do think that he shines in pass rush, obviously with seven sacks on the season. I really thought that pairing of Shaq Thompson and Frankie Louvu in certain games where the Panthers weren't just getting mauled, um, they looked like a pretty good little you know, defense defensive set. Good. Absolutely. They had a chance to make the playoffs. Got to give a little bit of credit to uh, the guy who got fired there, um, uh Gosh, what was his name? Matt Rule? Yes. I thought his defense, he made some decent choices. The defense started playing a lot better when Steve Wilkes got nominated or I guess promoted true. to interim head coach. Jeremy Chin's um, been fine, though. You know, Brian Burns is great off nice the edge. They have there, some man. pieces. JC Horn yeah. is great. Yep. Uh, but he is a he he will be a free agent in 2024. So he is due for a payday. Wow. New coaching staff. So I got a little bit of uncertainty around, okay, where does this guy land? Does he get a big deal? Does he get a starting job? So a little bit of uncertainty there, but what is somebody going to give you for Frankie Louvu? They going to give you a third? Man, after that championship game, if people are paying attention, he's just so boom bust. I mean, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not taking a third for him. I know that might sound a little crazy. I'd want a second if I'm getting rid oh, of Frankie you're Louvu. Greedy. I may be. Did you get a second back with Zach? I don't think it was picks involved. I think it was all players. All players? Yeah. All right. I, it, it bit me. Bit me right square in the, in the butt cheek. In the butt cheek. But you did love getting to hear Tripp's voice there, Bobo. Oh, shoot. Just read me a bedtime bit story. I got a couple Walt Whitman poems I need you to read for me, Tripp. Tripp, do not answer any emails I'm from in your Bobo. DMs now, Tripp. Do not answer I gotta any emails. I got to give a couple little Adam. I got a couple little Adam voices we got to get in. I miss him. He needs to come back. He needs to come back. I know he's not having fun at this Western game. Hey, the Western game got close. Did you see? I didn't see. It was 32-24. Oh, tops are, tops are climbing Adam, their way back Adam must have subbed in. Found him a set of, set of jerseys. Yeah, 15-34. <laughs> he said he's in the box, so they're doing pretty well. Oh, wow. I think he's having a good time. Look at him. We're having a good time as well, though, Bobo. And that is going to continue because for as bad as this Colts season was, there were some IDP bright spots. None brighter than this next player up here, who is the choice of Mike Wallert and Evan Ronda for their IDP MVP for 2022. It is Zaire Franklin. Gentlemen, I would love to hear you give some love to Zaire Franklin. Take it away. What is up, everybody? Mike Woolert here from 444.com. We are talking the IDP MVP for the 2022 season. But first, we're get continue to get great news on DeMar Hamlin. 
which is just fantastic considering the, uh, the horrible injury, horrible situation that happened Monday night. So great news and uh, continued thoughts and prayers out to DeMar Hamlin and the entire family. But we are talking IDP MVP 2022 season. And if you can believe it, we're at the end. I can't believe how quickly the season went. But in terms of my MVP, I have to give it to Zaire Franklin, linebacker of the Indianapolis Colts. This was a linebacker who probably wasn't drafted during the spring and summer months and was maybe a late round flyer when the news on Shaquille Darius Leonard's injury became a little bit more apparent and we got more news. So he probably was drafted mid to late rounds and he completely outperformed his ADP. You were probably able to pair him with someone like Fasade Aluokun or Jordan Brooks or CJ Mosley. He was fantastic. 160 tackles, 160 tackles, and a 15% tackle rate. He wore the dot as the play caller of the defense and appeared in 100% of the snaps. For me, that's my MVP. 100% of the snaps right there, along with his tackle rate. He added uh, six defended passes, two forced fumbles. Although he had limited pass rush snaps, he generated a 19% pressure rate and added two sacks to go along with his stats. All in all, he produced nearly 0.27 fantasy points per snap and finished as the LB5 overall in most scoring systems. So if you got Zaire Franklin as an LB3, LB4, you got an elite linebacker, probably carried your team. And again, Zaire Franklin is my IDP MVP for the 2022 season. This is Evan Ronda, host of the IDP Game Theory Podcast. Once again, I've been tasked with finding the most valuable player for IDP leagues this year. Before I can reveal my selection, I must first define my process for determining who that player might be. To me, the term most valuable player implies that the asset returned on their investment cost at a rate greater than any other. There were a few defensive players who performed mightily this season, and were drafted to do just that. Foyasad, Oluokun, Nick Bolton, and Roquan Smith come to mind. And while their impact on fantasy rosters cannot be denied, there was another linebacker that earned more tackles than Smith, had more sacks than Oluokun, and forced more fumbles than Bolton. On average, those three players were drafted as the 2nd, 8th, and 22nd linebackers in IDP leagues. My MVP was not only drafted significantly later than all three of those players, but he was also actually undrafted in almost every league. Going into the season, he was expected to be the third string linebacker on his own team, but an injury to their starter gave him an opportunity to show out and his strong play allowed him to keep the starting role for the entirety of the season. My IDP MVP of the 2022 season is Colts linebacker Zaire Franklin. He was third in the league in snaps played at the position, fourth in combined tackles, fourth in solo tackles, and seventh in tackles for a loss. Sharper managers were able to add him for free off of waivers when teammate Shaquille Leonard was set to miss time at the start of the season. 
Once Franklin got the start, he never looked back, combining for 10 or more tackles in 10 of his games and averaging 10 tackles a game over the course of the season. He also never let managers down, having zero bust games all year. Managers that rostered Franklin can thank him for his services and thank their lucky stars that they were the first to add him because he was likely a pivotal contributor on many championship rosters. All right, so, Baba, we even got uh, Evan's background music in his clip, his little kind of techno beat that he put together. Love the video that he put out on Twitter showing how he made that beat himself. Very sure. cool. He's a he's the cream of the crop. He is a talented young man. He sure is. So we appreciate Mike and Evan submitting those picks. Again, Zaire Franklin, Babo, mm-hmm. do you think, I'm going to search for Zaire, do you think Zaire appears on this ADP spreadsheet that we have? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Was I right? You were right. I knew it. So not drafted across those six best balls either. Going into the Colts season this year, it was probably Darius Leonard, Bobby Okereke, then EJ Speed. EJ Speed, I think, was getting more love and and attention than Zaire Franklin was. I remember when we were talking about this in the draft kit, Mm -hmm. the discussion was, okay, Shaq's looking like he might miss some time. Mm -hmm. Let's write up and and include EJ Speed in the ranks. And I don't think Zaire Franklin was even really much of a – much of a consideration at that point. Yeah. Then he gets the captain's patch. Then he gets the green dot. Then he plays a hundred percent of snaps. Oh, captain patch. Oh, captain. That's patch. a guarantee. One Adam over. Does Adam have a captain patch? Uh, he does. Him in the On the ranks. It's the only that. guy with it, but I love that. Here's the, here's the, uh, here's the negativity though. to Zaire. As much as I love him, I rostered him in a couple leagues this year. He was fantastic. I mean, their production is awesome. The PFF grades are a little, eh, they're okay. Uh, overall defensive grade of 56, run defense grade of 64.6, tackle grade of 55, pass rush of 67, and a coverage grade of 50.5. Yeah. So just kind of just kind of meh. Hanging around. Yep. Not elite, not bad, but... Um, He's the linebacker you want in Indy, though, man. Give me the eye test. You watch more Indianapolis Colts than anybody. What, what do you think about Zaire on the field? Solid. What are we doing moving forward? I think he's the LB you want there. Wow. And because that, that role is so profitable, I yeah. mean, we've seen it for as long as... I mean, really, really since Darius Leonard came into the league, mm-hmm. that linebacker one spot in Indy has been Production. very productive. What's a future hole with Shaq? Boy, I don't know. That's the big question mark. I think we've mentioned this before. Does Bobby O come back? I saw Zach Kiefer talking about he thinks Bobby O is going to go get a nice payday somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And then I don't, I, I'm tired of the Zach, uh, Shaq Leonard is going to come back healthy and ready to. I've been hearing this for three years. Yeah. It's been turning into the Michael Thomas kind of thing. I'm just done. Yeah. I'll believe it when I see it. So if I'm, I'm not kidding when I say going into. Best ball drafts for 2023, mm-hmm. I'm taking Zaire Franklin well before I take Shaq Leonard. Wow. Absolutely. You have to. Because until we know about Shaq's health, we have no idea. This guy got his big deal. Would it shock anyone if he pulls an Andrew Luck and just says, I'm done. I'm done, guys. I'm so tired. My mental health is shot. I'm tired of this rehab cycle. I got my money. I just want to go live my life. I don't think he would do that. But we don't know what's going on with these guys, man, in the dark winter months when they're just rehabbing and there's no football to be played. Shaq Leonard will be 28 this year. 
Adam has him right now in the ranks as the LB12, but I feel like that's probably a little optimistic. Um, after these last couple weeks, Adam will probably get in here and adjust a few things, I would I would say as well. Um, yeah, man, Zaire is a... He's 26 years old. Yeah, Zaire is a... he's He baffles me, honestly, because the on-the-field production looks awesome. But then honestly the the PFF grades are kind of kind of kind of poo poo. He's just he's he is a classic case of he's out there 100% of snaps. Yeah, and you know the other thing too with the Colts is like it's not warm body. I don't want a warm body yeah. production Zaire yeah. Franklin, but he's not he's not like he's not elite. outstanding stud like you know, a Fred Warner type yeah. that's scoring in the 90s on PFF. And so so dynasty wise, we're not linking arms with Zaire. I wanted to pull up the contract. So the contract, I believe he'll be there next year. Yes. And so he's he's there for the next two years. He's under contract 23 and 24. Wow. So in terms of security. Next couple of years are good. He's the only secure linebacker in Indianapolis. Hmm. So we'll watch the news on Shaq Leonard throughout the offseason. That will, that will, he'll be such a big ADP mover and shaker based on the news. Mm-hmm. And I think Zaire will reflect a little bit what happens with Shaq's ADP. In the XFFL, LB4 and LB5, Zaire Franklin and Frankie Louvu, who do you want in Dynasty? Oh, man. That's a great question. Uh, probably Zaire, just because I know I've got Zaire on the Colts for the next two years. Mm-hmm. you got one more year with Frankie. Both teams are going to have new coaching staff. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. So um, age is about the same. So yeah. Man, and that probably even bodes worse for Shaq, honestly. You know, new coaching staff coming in. I don't know what Irsay and Shaq's relationship is. I don't know. Irsay loves Shaq Leonard. See, that's kind of the that's the caveat that might be, you know, link continuing to link arms with Shaq Leonard. I want to pull up the contract here too. So twenty twenty three, yeah, he'll be on the he'll be on the roster. His dead cap is twenty four million dollars against a twenty million dollar cap hit. (laughs) It would cost them four million dollars more to cut Leonard than to keep him. So So Leonard will be there if he's healthy. Yeah. That's the question. Yeah. And that's something to watch with Bobby O. I don't think we'll have the money to bring back Bobby O. Uh, I think he'll go earn a nice payday elsewhere. He's been fine. Yeah. He's been good. He's been okay. EJ Speed got a little got a little run there late towards the season. He's we I saw a lot of EJ Speed. I wonder if that's not maybe a little inclination to Bobby O Thank you for your services. Yeah. We're kind of going to see what we're going to see. Like. We're going to keep you healthy. We're yeah. not going to ding you up and, and knock down your free agent value. The Colts going to turn it around very quickly or no, what, we're not. what are we doing here? There's a lot of scenarios. I was thinking about this because Colts and the Rams are real similar right now. There we have, we have, we have options though, right? We have first round pick. We have some cap space. Rams don't know that. Yeah. So we have a couple different avenues we can go down. I think we can go get the big name coach. We can go the Harbaugh and Aaron Rodgers route, mm-hmm. right? Like, or we can go get the the big name veteran quarterback, the Derek Carr, Jim Harbaugh route. Mm-hmm. I I don't think that's the route I want to go. I was talking with uh, I think it was Connor about this. I would love to see us go rookie quarterback, mm-hmm. and I would love to see us get a up and coming offensive mind like a Shane Steichen. Yeah offensive coordinator for the Eagles who has built a beautiful offensive system around a little bit of an unorthodox quarterback Mm -hmm. in Jalen Hurts. Mm -hmm. So give me that guy as the head coach who can shepherd this young quarterback through some early developmental kind of growing pains. Are you going to do that, though, with Ballard? 
I would like to see Ballard gone as well. Yeah. I thought he should have been fired as opposed to Frank Reich. Ballard just so close to Irsay. Well, Irsay has said that Ballard is going to be the GM, mm. but depends on who's out there. I agree with you. I did see the last Colts game that I watched, the, the sad picture of Andrew Luck up there throwing a football, and then all the quarterbacks since then, and it's just like old, old, old Jacoby Brissett, Phillip Rivers, Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz. It's just like, all right, guys, this is not working. So you're going to have to get off the carousel. Yeah, and I mean, like, sure, you drafted a rookie quarterback in Sam uh, Ellinger. Ellinger, and then even Jacob Eason. I don't remember what the draft pick. Probably not very It was late. Yeah. By by quarterback, we mean, like, C.J. Stroud. Yeah. Um uh, I think Bryce Young's probably going one sure. to the Texans if they lock that up. The, the Here's the thing. I know where you're going. If the Bears get into that one spot, I would not mind us moving up to one no. and then having our pick of the litter, yeah. whether it's Stroud, whether it's Young. It's your all's time to get you a Justin Fields, For to God's get you sake. a Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, Please. to get you a Burrow. It's time. Yeah. And I don't time. care. I don't care if it costs us a first this year and a first next year. The only thing that matters for the Colts, get the head coach figured out, but yeah. more importantly, get the quarterback. Because, I mean, honestly, even if you go and do this whole, you're not getting Aaron Rodgers, but even if you do this whole Derek Carr year again in 2023, it's going to be the same outcome. You're not going to be a great team. You have to build it down. We can't keep pretending like, especially with the Jaguars surging in the AFC South. Yep. And especially if the Texans get Bryce Young, yeah, suddenly they're on the come up. They're probably still a year or two away, but like we got to stop pretending like a mediocre roster is not going to crash and burn at some point. And this year it crashed and burned. It's yeah. time to pick up the pieces and rebuild. And you can't tell me that a year with Bryce Young or a year with Derek Carr, that the record in 2023 would be any different. It probably wouldn't. Derek Carr has how many wins this year uh, on a team that he's been for five. a long time? Yeah. So now you put him on they, the Colts. They're breaking up. Yeah. Devontae Adams and yeah. Derek Carr. Devontae Adams now gets to pick the quarterback that he yeah. wants for next Came year. Came to Las Vegas. Aaron Rodgers, maybe? Yeah. That would be crazy. Yeah. Or Tom Brady. There's Like we talked about the other day, there's a lot of really horrible quarterback play in the NFL right yeah, now. Yeah, I agree. But not a lot of horrible IDP play on this list, Bobo. Mm-hmm. And I am up next with my MVP pick. We keep the linebacker train a-rolling. With my pick for 2022. Now, we've heard a lot of very good arguments about what is an MVP, Bobo. And I totally get the argument that an IDP MVP is someone who vastly outperforms their ADP. But let's think about the NFL. What does the MVP represent in the actual NFL? Right? It is awarded to someone who came into the season, typically, with high expectations, and then lived up to the billing, right? Mahomes probably going to win it this year. Mm-hmm. He may not have been everyone's consensus number one MVP pick, but he was probably in the top five for everyone. Mm-hmm. And now he's probably going to win MVP. Mm-hmm. So I am going with that approach for my choice. Jaguars, linebacker, Foysade, Aluakan. I've said... Previous episodes, Bobo, I think Foyer is the most underappreciated IDP superstar that we have, and I still believe that. But he plays in Jacksonville. Before that, he played in Atlanta. He's just a tackle monster, and coming into this year, he had two talented rookies alongside him. We should trade 
L or fade LBs, especially the top ones, because the position is so volatile, right? These were some of the objections and the reasons that we had Foise de Luican. We had these doubts around this guy. LB eight in these best balls that we did. Mm. So still a high pick, but not a one, two, or three. Mm-hmm. There were these reservations, but these concerns, these doubts, Bobo. They were justified back in the summer, but they were wrong. Mm-hmm. Setting aside Micah Parsons, Foyce Deluican was the number one scoring linebacker by Big Three scoring. His 273 points were fourth most among all IDPs. Now, Frankie Louvu, Zaire Franklin, we just talked about them. They scored 255 and 251 points, respectively. So are Foye's extra 20 points worth the draft capital you had to pay for him versus those two other guys? Of course not. But when it comes to building a true contender, having your studs not crap the bed, Bobo, is just as important as snagging some gems off the waiver wire. And I would argue the latter action, like Johnny the Greek always says, paying attention, clicking the mouse, and adding a guy... That's a low-risk dart throw. If that waiver addition from week one doesn't work out, what do you do, Bobo? Eh. You just cut him and move on. Who cares? Right? It's no big deal. Drafting any player early in fantasy football, offense, or IDP is a huge gamble. Miss on that pick, and your season might very well be sunk. Ask the Jonathan Taylor managers how many of them Mm. made the playoffs this year. But if you nail that pick, you've got the kind of cheat code advantage at the position you were hoping for when you drafted that guy. I applaud Foyer for not only living up to the billing, but far surpassing my expectations, Bobo. I thought at LB8, Foyer was a lock for the top 12, and he finished as the LB1, so my 2022 IDP MVP, Foyer to Lewican. Fantastic. Thank you, Bobo. Fantastic. Foye was so good this year. You know, and we were wrong. You're absolutely right. He was the LB1 in 2021. And now here we are following up the next season, and Foye is yet again a top three to five LB, just depending on your scoring. His tackles are healthy. His PFF grades are great. 71.1 run defense grade. I'm sorry, overall defensive grade. 69.9 tackle grade, 80.2 pass rush grade. Wait, what was the overall? 71.1. Wow. 80.2 pass rush and then 70.4 in coverage. That's significantly better than what he had done in past years, wasn't it? 2021 run defense or uh, overall defensive grade of 47. Wow. Run defense of 44, pass rush grade of 49. His coverage grade in 2021 was 54.4. Fantastic, man. Wow. Foye is really good. Tip of the cap, Foye. 171 tackles, one sack. Let me say that again. 171 yeah. tackles. 139 of those were solo. 32 of them were assisted. Yeah. One sack, two forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries. 139 of those were solo. Yeah. Let that sing in, folks. <laughs> With Chad Muma and Devin Lloyd playing alongside him. In week 12... He had 14 solos. In week 13, he had 11 solos. In week 14, he had 10 solos. And in week 15, he had 13 solos. I guarantee you, if you had Foyer, 
you probably were in the fantasy football playoffs Truly. if you have any type of competency Truly. as far as IDP is concerned. Yep. Um, Foyer was definitely a guy that we were wrong on. There were a lot of people who've been crapping on Foyer for several years now. You know, he's, he's not going to live up to it. He's another Dion Buchanan type. Um, but Foyer, man, he, he proved all of us wrong. Putting the production out, the, uh, the PFF grades are fantastic. The team is working out that he's on. It's pretty clear that the, the contract that the Jaguars gave him, even though it was a pretty hefty contract, he was worth it in 2022. That's right. And I don't know what it looks like for him moving forward with Devin Lloyd and with Chad Muma, um, but the Jaguars have options, and options aren't so aren't aren't so bad of a thing. Yeah, you know. So tip of the cap, Foyce Deluican, my IDP MVP, and Bobo, you are going with one of your absolute favorites for this season. Who's your pick for 2022 IDP MVP? So my IDP MVP is going to be Mister Nicholas Bolton. Woo! Linebacker, jolly old Saint Nick for the Kansas City Chiefs. His ADP this offseason in our best ball drafts was the linebacker twenty-two on average. Sometimes he was around eighteen. Sometimes he was closer to thirty. He had one hundred and sixty-five combined tackles on the season. He had two sacks to go with two interceptions as well. He played ninety-seven point three percent of snaps in twenty twenty-two, coming off of. 55.7% of snaps played in 2021. Scheme busters. His defensive coordinator is Steve Spagnola. Steve the Serpent Spagnolo. He led the Chiefs in snaps in 2022. He had a 2.9% missed tackle rate. He only missed five tackles on the entire season. His PFF grades are as followed. 75.1 overall grade. 90.1 run defense grade and a 72.6 coverage grade you know the other thing that i think is really impressive for nick bolton is shout out john macri again for his tackles versus expected chart that he put out in um, the postseason prior to this year aside from denzel perryman leading linebackers in uh, production of tackles versus expected nick bolton was a close number two um Nick Bolton was fantastic this year. And you take that chart and you can kind of argue that one of two ways that, okay, if Nick Bolton's snaps stay about the same, mm-hmm. he's going to regress. That's why that's why a lot of people had hesitancy about Bolton was, I mean, it's Spagnolo. He's not going to start a linebacker 95-plus percent of snaps, right? And if he didn't, Bolton was going to fall off a cliff. He was, what, 34 mm-hmm. tackles above expected? Yep, 34.2. That's crazy. Yep. But that also told you what was going to happen if Nick Bolton did get 95-plus percent of snaps. Mm -hmm. Dude was going to eat. That's exactly right, Josh. On 55% of snaps in 2021, he had 116 tackles. And like we just saw, on 97% of snaps in 2022, he produced for us 165 combined What was the tackle grade? The tackle grade this season was like in the 90s as well, wasn't it? I need to look and see. I don't have that here in front I of mean, me. I mean, 2.9% missed tackle rate, five missed tackles, and 164 total tackles. This dude, um, I mean, it was everything you would want in a linebacker. Yeah, man. Bolton was the uh, – he was a scheme buster for us. You know, me and Adam and and, uh, and you talked about Quay Walker and about Ernest Jones – 
Oh, man, yeah. His tackle grade this season was 90.1. Is that yeah. what you asked for? Yeah. Yeah. 90.1. Last year it was 83.6, so we saw it coming. He was. So we've, we've hit mainly almost all the linebackers here that finished inside the top six. Mm-hmm. Foyce Deluacan by big three scoring was number one. Roquan was number two. Nick Bolton was number three. Luvu was four. B-Wags was five. Zaire Franklin was six. And not to reveal too much of Adam's ranks, but LB1 right now is Roquan Smith. LB2? Nick Bolton. Nick Bolton. Yep. And I said if we did the uh, LB Dynasty video again mm-hmm. next summer, Bolton might be one. But with, with the way Roquan has played since the trade, I think Roquan deserves that number one spot. I normally don't have a hard time cutting bait with some of these IDPs. I'll be honest with you. Nick Bolton is going to be a guy I have a hard just, time moving on from this I, season. I, there's a reason I've still got Devin White. Yeah. Right? Some guys you just love having on your rosters. Man. You've loved Nick Bolton from before the season started. Mm-hmm. He's one of your guys. Yeah. And um, LB3 on the season. You know, and Take all, a bow, Nick Bolton. Also, shout out to Willie Gay. Willie Gay was really good as well. We talked about that a little bit before we turned the mics on. But, you know, Willie Gay's games where he played – um, he was seeing 70 to 80% of the snaps, which is not the norm in Kansas City. Most of the time, prior to Nick Bolton and Willie Gay season, it was a mix of, um, I can't even remember the guys' names that were there prior to some of these Neiman. Guys. Yeah, Ben Neiman. Um, Hitchens. Yeah, Anthony Hitchens. Just a bunch of 30 and 40% you know, players. And uh, Nick Bolton and Willie Gay, with the setup that the Chiefs have right now, I guess maybe I'm looking too much at like offensively and what that team – that team is set on defense. Oh, They're going to have some turnover on offense, yeah. but defense, that team is really, really good. They're set on offense. They got Patrick Mahomes, you know? That's I mean, true. Here he is, the quarterback one on the season with guys, Miko Hardwin, Juju Smith-Schuster, Kadarius Toney, uh, Sky Moore, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I mean, they're great. They're not Tyreek Hill. Sure, he's got Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey's been really good as well. But I think a lot of a lot of Nick Bolton for me is I see the offense for the Chiefs, and I'm just like, man, I don't know that I can move away from Nick Bolton because I don't know that 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 I don't know that snap percentage is going to change. Do you know how many single digit weeks he had? One. Oh wow. One. Nicholas. Week nine against Tennessee, five point seven five. Nicholas, you got you you dog you. I'm very happy with all the choices that we made, Bobo. Sure. Sometimes we we tend to wait to let the guests pick their players, and then we try to pick players that are different so yeah. that we can talk about some other guys. Yeah, I didn't feel like, well, um, I guess I'll just take this guy. I love my choice. I love your choice. If Addy was here, I would love his explanation on Josie Jewell as well. We'd be here another hour, probably. That's right. But uh, this is always such a fun episode because it's a great way to look back and reflect on the season that was. And it's good to remember the guys that helped get us there. Yep. That helped us cap off a wonderful season of fantasy football and uh, get us excited about 2023. Yeah, man. I mean, so many of these guys are going to be drafted very, very high in these best balls that we're going to be doing. You know, and just like Adam says, uh, the offseason, nah, it's the on season. I feel like sometimes that's where we shine. You know, the recap episodes are fun, and it's actual football that we get to talk about, but we can get in here, the three of us can gab a little bit, and some, and we have the opportunity to chase some more rabbits in the offseason. That's true. So if you're plugging out, you're going to miss out. 
I'll say that. Very well said. Plugging out, unplugging. I like plugging out, though. Plugging out. That's maybe something different. There you go. That may be some Schadenfreude. <laughs> it's right the off-season, all right. <laughs> well, thank you all for listening. Again, make sure you're subscribed over at the idpshow.com. Playoff IDP rankings dropping next week. Uh, we will have the best ball drafts starting up very soon. Basically, once the playoffs are over, the Super Bowl is done, we will start those up, and we will give first crack at those two our supporters and our subscribers over at the idpshow.com. If you've enjoyed the show this season, the best way to thank us is to sign up over there on the site, but also leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, Bob. It really mm-hmm. helps us out. Absolutely. Get in there. Get you a little subscription. Get in Adam's ranks. Adam's ranks are going to be pretty filthy this offseason. Every day, folks. Lots of good things coming. Every single day, Adam is working on these rankings, and they are the absolute best Mm -hmm. in the game. We have so much, so much good stuff for the listeners and for the uh, the fine folks, the subscribers, Bobo. I mean, 2023, Adam always talks about that. Mm-hmm. That leap, mm-hmm. we had a third year leap, but a fourth year leap. Mm-hmm. I think we might leap a double leap. You know when you double leap for twenty twenty three. When you're building a hot rod, you build it for a while. It takes a while to kind of what tire wheel setup do I like? Is the motor running good? Where are we leaking oil? You know, take them on a couple test drives. Those are the first three years for us. It's a uh, it's time to get the old hot rod out and uh, you know let her eat this season. That's what Bowling Green's known for. Absolutely, Bowling Green hot rods. Big three IDP show is going to eat. That's right. Jump aboard. We have some really cool plans. We cannot wait to share with you guys here coming up in the months ahead. But like Bobo said, don't plug out. Should we tell him? Should we tell him, Josh? I think Adam should be here so we can get a good woo-wee from him. Okay, okay. We got it on the board. I think, I don't know. I may have taken it off the board. I don't know. (laughs) We'll see. But thank you all for listening. We will be back next week to talk about the Hunger Games. We have our IDP Hunger Games wrapping up this week. Bobo, make sure to set your lineup for week 18. So we will talk about the winning team from the IDP Hunger Games. We will talk about top playoff IDP options from Adam's ranks. It'll be a really fun episode. And then, Bobo, I'll be off to Vegas. Oh, boy. I'm in Vegas for Wild Card Weekend. Oh, Lord. One of my favorite weekends Need of the Need to year. make sure that life insurance is paid. It is paid up. The it's, wheel's been signed. It's on auto pay. We, the wheel is updated. We are good Do I to get go. packs, or where, where's he going? You might be getting packs. Oh, great. Supposed to go to Connor, but if the yeah. Colts don't have a good offseason, I, be the end of both I y'all. don't know what kind of headspace <laughs> he's going to be in. So, thank you all for listening. We will see you all next week. Y'all take care.